episode 16. Wait, are you sure it's episode 16? Yes, Ollie, it's episode 16. Okay, let's start all over again. Episode 16. Camp Nerd Fitness. Last month, I spent four days deep in the foothills of northern Georgia with over 300 self-identified nerds, and I had a blast. You see, nerds are my people. Nerds are awesome. Yeah, it's really cool to be a nerd these days. Although I may not be as excited about the latest Star Wars The Force Awakens trailers as my uber-nerd hubby, I'm still a nerd through and through. Hey, there's nothing wrong with watching those trailers over and over and over again. I catch something new every time. <laughs> okay, whatever. I may not know the difference between Tatooine and Dantooine, but I am a food nerd and I geek out with the same intensity about umami and flavor boosters as Henry does about whether Han shot first. Everybody knows he totally did. Okay. In this episode, our family chats about our favorite fall produce, my time as a headmaster at Camp Nerd Fitness, our crushes of the week, and we even answer a reader's question about how to handle snack time at a non-paleo preschool. As always, you can check out our extensive show notes at nomnompaleo.com slash podcast archive. No need to take notes, my fellow nerds. Welcome to our program. This is the Nom Nom Paleo Show with Michelle Tam and Henry Fong and the Double O's. Join us as we go behind the scenes and reveal how we make a real food lifestyle fun, sustainable, and nomtastic. We're the food nerds behind Nom Nom Paleo, the award-winning food blog, app, and cookbook. And we're also the parents of two growing boys, Big O. Hello. And Lil Lo. Hello. Hi. Hi. Whatever. And they're the reason we do what we do. There's lots of tasty fall produce back in season. I've been making spaghetti squash lately because I discovered how easy and fast it is to cook in a pressure cooker. I'm excited to start cooking and eating other winter squash in the coming months too, specifically kabocha and butternut squash. But I notice you're not including acorn squash on your shopping list. That's because I'm not super fond of it. I find acorn squash to be bland and the texture is kind of watery. Plus, all the recipes that I look up on how to cook it always include tons of maple syrup or brown sugar because it totally needs it to be even halfway palatable. Ick. What about you? What are you excited about this autumn? I bet it's persimmons. Dad loves persimmons. He eats like 12 of them every day. More like two or three. But I do love that persimmons are back in season. Let's do a quick persimmon 411. There are two kinds of persimmons, fuyu and hachia but you only like the fuyu variety. Yeah, hachia are the acorn-shaped persimmons that are best eaten ripe and super soft. I don't like them because their flesh is mushy and slimy. Mmm, slime. Right. Fuyu persimmons, on the other hand, are kind of shaped like little orange pumpkins, and they're best eaten when they're crisp. They kind of have a texture similar to apples. And they're so cute. It's like a peach and an apple had a baby. It's a baby that you like to peel and eat. I don't like persimmons, though. I don't like them either. I don't like them either, fuyu or hachia. I like my food to have a bit of tang or acidity to it, like cherries or nectarines. If a fruit is just sweet, I don't like them that much. They don't taste balanced. But if I use persimmons as a sweet element in a dish, like a savory salad with a tart dressing, then I don't mind them as much. In fact, lots of fall menus have salads with roasted winter squash, bitter greens, and sliced persimmons. 
Yeah, we have a winter kale and persimmon recipe in our cookbook with a citrus vinaigrette. Hey guys, fun fact! Persimmons are actually considered berries, just like tomatoes. Tomatoes aren't berries. Yes, they are. I think ber- all berries end with the word berries. Like strawberries and blackberries or dingleberries. Well, what's your favorite fall fruit, boys? Asian bears, because they're Asian. (laughs) I like Asian pears too, but I've been eating pomegranates more. I like pomegranates, but I think they're kind of a pain to get the seeds or arrows out easily. I've surfed the internet and tried just about every method to get them out quickly and easily, but it always ends up looking like a murder scene when I'm done, with red Hmm. liquid and little fleshy bits everywhere. The one de-seeding method that's been the quickest for me, but not necessarily the cleanest, is to slice the pomegranate in half crosswise. I hold half of the pomegranate in my hand cut side down and bang it mercilessly with a wooden spoon. I tried demonstrating it on Periscope, but I ended up getting seeds all over the floor and down my shirt. Yeah, I had to help you get all the stray seeds off the ground, and there were so many. When I stepped on them, my socks looked like they were soaked with blood. Your socks are always filthy, though, so how could you even tell? No, they aren't. I'll take them off and show you. No, thanks. See? Smell them! They smell delicious! No, they don't. (laughs) Get them out of my face! (laughs) Ha ha! The main course. I never went to sleepaway camp as a kid but I totally made up for it this year by attending two camps in a matter of weeks. First, I was a happy camper at Belcampo's Women's Meat Camp, which you can hear all about in episode 14. And just last month, I flew to Georgia to teach at Camp Nerd Fitness. I was an instructor, aka a headmaster at camp, which is essentially a sleepaway summer camp for self-proclaimed adult nerds. It's an awesome bonding experience for nerds and geeks who are interested in not just sci-fi and comics and video games, but also in upping the game in terms of nutrition, fitness, mindfulness, and all-around wellness. I was sad that it was only for adults. I wanted to go. Me too. Sorry, bud. It was a bummer for the kids. Owen and I watched a highlight reel from last year's camp before I signed on as an instructor, and we both got really excited. The video from last year's camp showed people taking sword fighting lessons, tons of outdoor activities, yoga, Olympic weightlifting seminars, blobbing on a lake, and lots of enthusiastic testimonials from smiley campers. What's blobbing? It's when you jump on a giant inflatable blob in a lake, and one person sits on the end, and then the next person in line jumps on the blob, which launches the first person (laughs) into the air before they splash down in the lake. Whoa! Whoa is right. Um, But for those of you who don't know, Nerd Fitness is a fantastic website that was started by a guy named Steve Cam, who calls himself the rebel leader of Nerd Fitness. Steve teaches fellow self-identified nerds how to level up their lives like in a video game. His site, Nerd Fitness, has engaging and informative articles on exercise, paleo eating, and lifestyle. He's always encouraging folks to stretch outside their comfort zones and to do the things that scare them. I've been a big fan of Steve's site for years, so when he emailed me several months ago to invite me to teach a few cooking classes at Camp Nerd Fitness, I was super excited. I did need to check with you first because the first day of camp was on your birthday and I'd be leaving you on single parent duty. Yeah, thanks a lot. I was stuck with this gruesome twosome for my birthday. I'm not gruesome, only Ollie is. 
No, I'm not. And I don't even know what that means anyway. Anyway, when I signed on, all I really knew was that it was the second time Camp Nerd Fitness was taking place at a remote campground in northern Georgia. There would be 300 campers there, many of them alums of the first camp. Folks would be staying in cabins, and all four days would be jam-packed with different classes like meditation, weightlifting, nutrition, primal movement, and even sword play. Plus, there would be a steady stream of social activities like hiking, video game tournaments, a camp-long game of zombies versus humans, and nightly theme parties. And did I mention that everything and everyone would be fueled with paleo-friendly meals? Wait, I think you need to stop and describe what swordplay is and what zombies versus humans is. Well, swordplay was, they actually taught people how to do ancient swordplay, but except they were using PVC pipes, (laughs) but it it looked pretty, looked pretty fun. And I think it was like the most popular class at camp. And then the humans versus zombies was that for the introductory campfire, there was one guy who was the patient zero zombie and he would go around and turn all the humans into zombies. They could only tag you when you were going from your cabin to your classes. So it was a game of tag. It was a game of tag, except you can't run because zombies can't really run. And so the zombie just slowly goes after you. And if you spot the zombie... You can go, Craig. Is that right? Was it Craig? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know who that guy was from, from that show. Is it Craig? It's, you, it's Carl. Oh, Carl. <laughs> See, I'm not a really good nerd. <laughs> so, So you could say Carl or you could say zombie and you could identify who was a zombie and who was a human by the placement of an orange bandana. So humans would have the orange bandana anywhere below their neck. And then zombies would have it above their neck. And I... So if you're a human and you wore your bandana below your neck and you saw somebody approaching you slowly with a bandana above their neck, you would have to run. You could run or just say zombie or Carl and then they can't chase you or they give you like 10 minutes to run away. Um, But I was not good at it at all. I was turned into a zombie the first day, which actually was very freeing because then I didn't have to worry about it the whole time. Nice. But there were a bunch of people who were humans till the end because they took it very seriously. I think you do have to take it seriously if you're the last remaining humans in a zombie apocalypse. Or you can just embrace it and just become a zombie. <laughs> I am not sticking with you in, <laughs> in the event of a zombie outbreak. I'll just throw you down. Yeah. And I'll grab the children. Anyway, I wasn't totally sure what to expect at Camp Nerd Fitness, but I was open and ready for a new adventure. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Camp Nerd Fitness. <laughs> I was excited to meet the other headmasters, many of whom I'd admired online for a long time. And of course, the campers themselves. In fact, on my early morning flight to Atlanta, I was seated next to Amy, a camp attendee. 
She was coming to camp alone as a gift to herself for losing 70 pounds and getting healthier. And even though I'm a total introvert and I never talk to strangers on a plane, we spent the whole flight chatting. She even ended up giving me some business advice. Which we totally need. Yeah, after all these years, we still have no idea what we're doing at Nom Nom Paleo. Anyway, what happened after you arrived? We arrived at the airport and a bunch of giddy campers boarded a charter bus that took us to the campsite, which was a two-hour ride away. Steve and Stacy Artisan, Steve's second-in-command, greeted us when we arrived at camp and everyone went bananas when they caught sight of Steve and Stacy. It was like they were meeting celebrities. As a headmaster, my agenda at camp was to teach three cooking classes, each of which were repeated twice, and to present a lecture about how to be paleo out in the wild. All the volunteers at camp were called wizards, and the one I was paired up with, Lauren, was amazing. He made sure everything went smoothly, and he magically fixed things when they didn't go as planned. For example, I used the Periscope app on my iPhone to broadcast my cooking classes, and I brought the tripod that you built me with Legos. Before I left, I had asked you if I could crazy glue it because I was afraid that the phone holder would fall apart, but you wouldn't let me. You know, that is the moral of the Lego movie. You're not supposed to crazy glue Legos together. Yeah. Besides, those are my Legos, Mommy. You can't glue my Legos together without my permission. So, of course, during my very first cooking class, I accidentally knocked my phone and tripod over, and the Lego holder smashed everywhere. But in a flash, my assigned wizard, Lauren, jumped into action and reassembled the Lego tripod, just like in the movie, like, And before you knew it, it was back up and running. Who knew he also happened to be a Lego master builder? But anyway, so Lauren, the best volunteer here at <laughs> Camp Nerd Fitness, what did you get out of camp? Um, as a volunteer, honestly, I just got out of it that this is an incredible movement and the people are amazing and we're one huge family. And I just, I love serving you people. I knew right then and there that Lauren was a keeper, so I hired him to help out behind the scenes at Nom Nom Paleo. And we all know there's plenty to be done behind the scenes here. We're constantly triaging just to stay afloat. We can't even get a podcast out on a regular basis. Sometimes the kids go hungry, and we have to root through the trash to find food. No, you don't. I know. I just thought it would sound really interesting for the podcast. Michelle, what were the classes you taught at Camp Nerd Fitness? The three cooking classes I taught were Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, Desperation Dinners, and Viva Las Veggies. I assured everyone that attended my classes not to take notes because I'm including everything in this episode's podcast show notes, which you can access at nomnompaleo.com slash podcast archive. Just click on episode 16. I'll link to all the recipes I demonstrated, the archive Periscope videos, even the one where my iPhone crashes to the ground, and the slides from my Paleo Out in the Wild talk where I chat about how to survive traveling, eating out, non-paleo parties, kids, and real-life situations while living a paleo lifestyle. What did you eat at camp? Did you have s'mores and stuff? Nope. It was even better than all that traditional junk-tastic camp food. Everything we served was paleo-friendly and kosher. The kosher part is because the campsite itself is a kosher campsite, and the paleo part is because the nerd fitness folks are big proponents of paleo eating as the best way to turn yourself into a superhero. There was tons of food because everyone was super active, and many of the recipes at breakfast, lunch, snack time, and dinner were either from our cookbook and blog 
or from the Nerd Fitness site. And it was tasty. They even made crackling chicken, but they didn't remove the bones. And I don't blame them because they were serving hundreds of hungry meat eaters. Although I spent most of my time teaching classes, I was able to sneak in a couple of classes on my last day. And I was able to pester Jim Bathurst of BeastSkills.com and Stacy Artisan for tips on how to get my first dead hang pull-up. Plus, they had parties every night. There was a cosplay party, a Rubik's Cube party, and a glow party. It was a little too much partying for this old lady introvert, but I still had a blast. Plus, everyone was so friendly, excited, and welcoming. I left the camp exhausted, yet inspired to go home and level up my life. I'm Ezra. I loved coming to camp to feel energized and connected to a bunch of people who want the same things as me. My name is Ben Henderson. Um, my wife came to camp by herself last year, so I'm lucky enough to come with her this year. And I just really liked listening to the life experience of the coaches. I tried some exercises that I didn't plan on trying. And uh, on the first day I did foundation to movement with Kay and I did a beginner Olympic barbell, which I never thought I'd do. Felt very strong afterwards. Hurt for the rest of camp, but it was worth it. And uh, did a lot of other stuff, a lot of educational stuff. Meditation was a big thing for me. I'd been interested before and did every single meditation class, and it was amazing. I'm Alex, and I kind of as a new single dad, having to learn how to cook. I came for most of the cooking classes and really, really enjoyed them and have lots of recipes and can't wait to get back and try. Those folks at Nerd Fitness sure know how to throw a fun camp. And despite torrential rain on most of the trip, everything was so well run. Props to everyone at Nerd Fitness for one of the coolest camps ever. I asked Steve what he hoped people would get out of camp, and this is what he said. We're just leaving Camp Nerd Fitness today, so I'm really, really sad. Oh, I'm so bummed. Well, I'm also very tired. It's been I'm it's sure. been four days of adventure and uh, some amazing parties, but some late nights and early mornings for our I team. Know. So you nerds know how to party. <laughs> I say you nerds, but I'm also a nerd. So we nerds know how to party, except I, we go to bed at 9 o'clock. <laughs> well, it's, that's what's cool about this event. I think it's a good mix of people that are early birds, people that are night owls. You have people that are brand new to fitness and people that have been uh, training for years and years and years. People have come from all over the world to be a part of this really cool celebration of the nerd fitness uh, lifestyle, I guess, the nerd fitness philosophy um, for four days here in Georgia, and we just finished up, and it went better than I ever could have imagined, which is saying something considering we had two days of rain, the power went out at one point, and despite all of these uh, challenges Mother Nature threw at us, uh, it was amazing. I think everybody left here with a giant smile on their face. Yeah, it was amazing. And no matter what happened, like even with the power outage or the rain, like it's always a good story, right? <laughs> The campers were coming up to me saying, Steve, it's going to be okay. You know, like, <laughs> I was so worried when I saw the weather report, you know, there's a hurricane in the area. I was like, oh, geez, is this going to ruin this experience that we've been working on and planning for over a year? And campers were coming up to me saying, like, Steve, it's going to be okay. I'm like, oh, good. If you're feeling that way, then, then we should be fine. And it, we, uh, we rolled with the punches. We added some new events and moved some things around. And everybody had an absolute blast. I've talked to many people that have said things like, uh, you know, best weekend of my life. And I've learned so many things that I can't wait to take home and implement throughout the rest of my year and come back next year a changed person. So I'm very excited to see how this next year goes for these people and how the education and inspirational things that they learned this weekend uh, carries over back to the real world. Yeah, like I am going to get that pull up. 
Because I got tons so of advice. Excited. I asked Jim. I asked Stacy. I asked you. So I think I think I'm on my way. You can you can pull it off for sure. I think the thing with a a pull up and really anything is consistent practice. Right. You know, having finding a pull up bar and working on it every other day, and it's just you. I don't know if you have to put it in your calendar or. But it has to become a priority, and you just work on it every other day, and it's a thing that you do, and you'll get closer and closer and closer. And then that final day, when you finally get that pull-up, I, would, I, hope, I hope there's a video of it, and I expect to see it so that I can cheer wherever in the world I am and wherever in the world you are. Now, I, I'll put it on something, so I'm putting it out there. But actually, one of the other fellow campers who's a trainer, when I was also picking his brain about pull-ups, he says, yes, you cannot wish upon a pull-up. Because like that is true, you cannot do it. I actually have to do the work. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> effort will get you a yeah. decent part of the way, but it's it's training. It's it's truly working on it consistently. Whether it's you're trying to do a handstand or eat better, you're building a habit. And working on pull-ups is a habit. Those are muscles you don't use pretty much ever unless you are working on a pull-up or doing any sort of pull movement. So it's unlike a squat or a thing where at least you're walking upstairs and mm-hmm. sitting down in a chair, getting up, etc. A pull-up is something you have to be focused on and dedicated to. So, Michelle, I hope that you have the inspiration and education now from these four days in the backwoods of Georgia at this beautiful location. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, I'm going to do a pull-up. And now, you ha- now that it's recorded, you have to follow through with it. I have to follow through. That is right. That's why I'm doing this. So I have to follow through. Perfect. Accountability is everything. Yep. If any of you out in listener land are interested in learning more, go check out the Nerd Fitness website and also Steve Cam's new book, Level Up Your Life, which hits bookstores in January. We'll have a link in our show notes for those of you who want to pre-order. I want to make sure the boys read it. Crush of the week. Okay, everyone, what are your crushes of the week? I'll go first. A microplane rasp grater. I rediscovered how amazing this kitchen tool is because I've been using it to mince lemongrass, ginger, turmeric, you name it. It's especially awesome when you're mincing the frozen version of the stuff I just mentioned. They become flavored snow that melt into your dishes and you get the flavor without the tough fibery parts. It's still amazing to me that microplane graters were originally created for woodworking. Grace Manufacturing is a family-run company in Arkansas that started making sharp tools for woodworking, but they found instead that people were using their graters in kitchens. They also make medical instruments that shave and grind bones to prep people for things like hip replacement surgeries, but I can see from the shake of your head that that's probably not a great topic for a food podcast. Oh, you're so smart. Owen, what's your crush of the week? I'm reading Jim Gaffigan's Dad is Fat book. It's so funny. I like it because I'm into comedy. I like that his kids make fun of him and he writes all about it. And Jim Gaffigan's probably the only stand-up who works clean and still makes me laugh. I like watching Bob's Burgers a cartoon. My favorite character is Louise because she's inappropriate and always doing bad stuff. Like the time she was trying to get out of P.E and decide to take a big dump in the swimming pool. They had to drain the whole pool. I like that they got a soft serve machine in their burger restaurant. I love burgers and soft serve. Me too. Those are like two of my favorite foods. It's a totally balanced meal of meat and sweets. I don't think that's what a balanced meal is supposed to be. But that's what it should be. Henry, what's your crush of the week? 
Since we're on the topic of TV, I'm going to have to say Aziz Ansari's new show on Netflix, Master of None. Wait, that's mine too. You always do this. You already had a crush of the week. Let's share this one. I love this show. Fine. Anyway, Master of None stars Aziz Ansari as an Indian-American New Yorker who's the son of two immigrants. He's a millennial working as a struggling actor, and each episode of the series is like a little examination into a particular theme or topic like immigrant parents, first dates, infidelity, Hollywood racism, aging. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to read the description of Master of None and go, whatever, that doesn't sound new or interesting, but you really have to watch it. The writing is spectacular and witty and the characters are funny and believable. We binge watched the entire season over the course of two nights, which is something we rarely do. We just don't have time for TV these days, but with Master of None, after watching a couple of episodes, we were completely hooked. I'm already bummed out that we have no more episodes to watch. But watch it after your kids go to bed. The subject matter is for mature audiences only. I want to watch it. I love comedies. Sorry, kiddo. Maybe when you're a little older. But it got a 100% fresh ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. You can watch Bob Burgers with me, Owen. It's funny, too. Aziz and Zari was a guest star in one episode, remember? It's not the same. I wish I was 17. Question of the week. Ready for the question of the week, Michelle? This question comes from Jennifer. My son will be in toddler daycare preschool soon. I have intentionally chosen a place where the kids bring their own lunches so I can maintain some control over what he eats in a non-intrusive way. But the school offers the usual toddler snacks. Graham crackers, goldfish, etc. Is it worth the potential tension and or complications I would create if I asked the school to limit what kind of snacks he gets? Or do you think this is a battle not worth fighting? He has no allergies. I just want him to be a good, healthy eater. That's a great question. And I'll tell you what we do as a family. Owen doesn't have any allergies, so I don't say anything to the teacher. I know that I feed him a healthy breakfast in the morning and send him off to school with a hearty packed lunch. Plus, he'll get a good snack and supper when he gets home. So he'll be fine, even if he decides to treat himself to some less than healthy snacks once in a while at a party or at a friend's house. I'm not going to sweat it. The snacks he eats is only a small percentage of the total amount of food he consumes, so I don't worry. Ollie, on the other hand, does have a problem eating gluten, so I do let the teachers know. He's in second grade now, and over the past few years, he's gotten really good at self-regulating and letting teachers and parents know when they serve foods he can't eat. If I know ahead of time that there's a class party or some other event, I'll make sure that Ollie has his own snack or treat if there isn't a gluten-free alternative. However, it's really up to you to decide what is best for your family. Everyone is different with different sensitivities and priorities, but for me, I know that I'm not going to be able to police everything my kids choose to eat when they're out and about, and especially as they grow up. So I just try to show them how different foods make them feel and trust that they'll mostly make decisions that are best for their health and environment. I don't always make good decisions, Mom. Yeah, Mom, we're still kids. And kids are not good at making good decisions. No, they are not. Well, we can always try, right? You know what would be a good decision, Mom? Letting me watch Master of None. Yeah, I want to watch it too. Nice try, buddies.
So that's it for this week. This podcast was recorded and produced at Nom Nom Paleo World Headquarters, also known as the dining room in our house, located in the heart of Silicon Valley, 50 feet from Jeremy Lin's parents' house. The Nom Nom Paleo theme song is by Mark Bartels, with additional music by Big O and Politaire. This podcast is supported by Thrive Market, our favorite online destination for wholesome products at wholesale prices. Pay one low membership price and you can shop from over 3,000 healthy, natural products, always 25 to 50% off retail, delivered straight to your door. Right now, if you go to nomnompaleo.com thrive, you'll get two months free membership at Thrive Market and an additional 20% off your first order. And in case you're wondering, unless stated otherwise, none of the brands or products mentioned sponsor this podcast. We just talk about the stuff we love. If you like this podcast, we have two favors to ask. First, you can visit us at nomnompaleo.com for show notes, and you can also find hundreds of step-by-step recipes, kitchen tips, snarky writing, and more. We also have an iPad app and a cookbook. More information at nomnompaleo.com. And last but not least, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us to get a sense as to what you like. Join us next time for more Nom Nom Paleo podcasts.